Where shall we start? Uh, should we should we start with with Blink, which is uh, right, yeah, we'll, we're gonna we'll start on a sad note and then we'll get a little bit happier. All right, all right. Oh, Rob, you know what? I think it, you know we're recording on a Friday. We don't really record on Fridays very often, but I've needed some time to reflect and think about the sad state of my app Blink, and we're gonna pour one out today for Blink and and raise a raise a glass to what's left of my app after Apple killed apps from the affiliate program. This, I was so, I, from a selfish point of view, I was so sad because I was, oh, I was really excited to get the Mac app. And, and I even had some ideas about, you know, affiliate linking for the app store and, and doing some stuff. And, you know, they, they for anyone who doesn't know, they've, they've taken away any kind of cut for, um, referring people buying apps on the app store so now it's only left for movies and tv shows and stuff like that right um and and yeah i kind of saw the news and i was you know like i said a bit selfishly i was annoyed that i couldn't use you know i'm not going to get to like use the app long term but i mean for you like this is awful and you had the 3.0 come out you had the mac app ready like we were Obviously, the last episode we spent a lot of time talking about it, and we we're so excited, and it you know it's going to launch soon, and it's going to be great, and then Apple have just killed it overnight. Yeah, literally, we submitted it to App Review less than twenty four hours before the news broke. So it was like the night before, and this happened my time. This happened right around dinner time. I was out for dinner with my family, and I got a text from Mike Hurley telling me that this had happened, and I just immediately, my I had that pit of the stomach feeling because I knew what it meant, uh, which was it, it, got, it really just kind of guts the app in a lot of ways because most people use it for affiliate linking of apps, and that's what's been taken away from the affiliate program. It's, it's interesting to me because a lot of people reported the story like the affiliate program was going away entirely, and I think that's because so many people associate it only with linking apps because that is done what's done predominantly, I think, at least in our circles. That's what a lot of people do. Yeah, there, like I can think of lots of examples where sites are running on specifically apps and the affiliate program in terms of movies and tv shows i assume you know outside of our tech circles there are movie review sites and tv show review sites and you know there's a there's a couple of websites and apps that will show you kind of price drops for movies and stuff which i use fairly regularly i I use one called cheap charts and i assume they're using affiliate links because why wouldn't they um but but yeah the the app stuff is is just really really hard i mean I think Touch Arcade put an uh, an article up where you could just kind of tell the guy who'd written it. Uh, I guess it was the guy who runs that site. Yeah, it was, was just so. I, I imagine it was kind of reflective of a lot of what you were feeling in some ways. Like he was just so defeated, and what can I do? Uh, yeah, I, I think they said they had a Patreon, uh, you know, and, and maybe his post will boost his Patreon a bit. But I mean, like independent reviews are really important, you know, whether it's. You know, you and, and the rest of the team over at Mac Stories or dedicated sites that only do sort of app review. Um, you know, that that kind of thing is important, but they've got to actually fund it. I mean, it, it's always been kind of nice because those, you know, those kind of sites are, they're not beholden to advertisers per se. You know, they can kind of just review right. stuff and, and they make, you know, maybe it's a really good game and they'll make loads of money, but there's always going to be a little bit of money there for them reviewing the apps. Whereas 
now it's just going to be a little bit harder. And I guess some of these sites are just going to go away. Yeah. And, and so there's a lot, a lot of stuff to unpack as they say with, with all this, because for instance, touch arcade, I saw a lot of people saying, well, they never should have relied on just affiliate money. And I think people that that's a pretty glib way to look at it. They didn't just rely on affiliate linking. They found themselves in the position of just relying on affiliate linking because they do have ad revenue and they did have more ad revenue in the past. And this is all in that article that you mentioned. Um, and they, but, but that, you know, that's dried up for a lot of websites over the years. And that's really true, especially in gaming, because games aren't paid up front anymore for the most part on mobile there, especially for something like touch arcade. I mean, the big games are all free to play and the money is not being, the marketing money for games is not being put into websites like it used to be. So they found themselves relying more and more heavily on affiliate linking. And then they, as you said, they try to do a Patreon and they just haven't been able to find is from what I can gather reading this article, they haven't been able to find a business model that works that, you know, spreads the risk out at all, which is really unfortunate because that's a fantastic site. I mean, they do a really good job, great reviews. I, I read it very frequently myself uh, and, and I hate to see it go away and I hope they'd be able to figure it out and, and come up with something that works. But there are a lot of things, a lot of sites that where this is a significant amount of money. We're super lucky because at Max Stories, Federico, a long time ago, started kind of saw this coming and started diversifying the revenue that Max Stories makes. But, you know, it was a much bigger piece of the site long before I was writing there. And that's, you know, in part how he bootstrapped it up to the size it is today. And so, and that's not, that's, not an avenue that someone today could take. No one could take that same path that he took, you know, nine years ago, uh, which is tough. I mean, we, affiliate linking money has been shrinking for years. And it's especially been, I mean, I've noticed it since I've been writing at Mac Stories because every, you know, subscriptions are hard on it. In-app purchases were hard on it. Free, freemium is hard on it. There are a lot of things that have made affiliate it caused the affiliate money to shrink. So if someone came to me and said, Hey, I'm going to take away one source of money that you make in a year, which one is it going to be? I would definitely tell them to take the affiliate money because it's, it's the smallest thing. So it's, it's not like it's devastating to me personally or to the site, which is great. Uh, but I also had the added kick in the stomach that it's, you know, my app is largely based on it. And it's that app, Blink is not an app that was making very much money. Uh, with the Mac app, I was hoping that there was some chance there might be a decent revenue stream coming there. I won't really ever know that now, I don't think. But um, but it has a lot of, you know, kind of, I guess, sentimental value because it's really how I got started doing kind of indie stuff was with that app. Uh, I work on it with my son and... I don't think we're going to be spending a lot of time on that anymore. But I don't think Blink is going to completely go away. We still use it at Mac Stories, and it's still a handy way to grab a link for a story, whether you're making money off that link or, or not. Sure. So, you know, I think we're going to keep it around. I just don't know. I mean, one thing I could do is just put it in perpetual beta and take it private, basically, 
and just use it for our team because I don't really have, <laughs> you know, I have a tip jar in there, which I've made a grand total of $50 off of so far in a week. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, I made Blink free. That I, I did, we did release 3.0 on iOS and made it free. And I don't know, got roughly 2,000 downloads or so. And I do worry about that a little bit because there may be, you know, support associated with that. So I haven't decided whether I'm going to initial, my initial reaction was pull it from the store October one, when the affiliate money goes away with apps. I'm not sure if I'm going to do that or not. Even if it is removed from sale, it'll still be available to re-download if you've already bought it or downloaded it or whatever. I'm not going to like completely remove it where you can't get at it anymore. But you know, ongoing development? I don't think so. I think it's basically finished. There, you know, I could see maybe making a tweak here or there just to keep it running on future iOS versions, mainly selfishly for myself and for the Mac Stories team. But it's really <laughs> not. It's really not something that that uh, is worth me spending time anymore on. And and I don't know what's going to become of the Mac app. Um, we may release it as a free app. We may. Uh, I think the reason not to do that is again, just having a bunch of support that we don't have time for. We're yeah. not making any money, so maybe we charge some money for it, mainly just to keep the uh, numbers of downloads down, which seems like a weird, <laughs> weird thing <laughs> to be trying to do. But uh, or I may because it's a Mac app, it doesn't have to be in the Mac App Store. I can just, um, I don't know, I can keep it for myself. Uh, because I use it every day, but and even with the affiliate money gone, it is a fast way to research apps on the App Store, copy show notes, you know, not show notes, uh, release notes, and grab a quick link and drop it in an article. So there, there is some utility to it, but it's not the kind of utility that we can charge any kind of significant amount of money for, uh, which is what we were hoping to do. So I don't know. I mean, it was kind of depressing, uh, obviously, but. And, and I think the thing that bugged me more about any of this than kind of the personal effect it has on me and Mac Stories and others in the in the reviewing industry is just the way Apple handled it because that email it was a terrible email. I mean, it basically said, "Our App Store editorial is so great, we don't need you guys anymore." You know, over and out. It was it was it, the tone of it was was pretty awful. I thought. Yeah, that was really really bad. I mean, never mind the fact that Netflix is featured at least once a week in the UK store. I don't know what it's like in the other stores. Um, but, yeah, thanks. I, I appreciate what the app, app Store editorial team are doing. You know, they do do a good job. But they can't possibly cover... I, I mean, I think like a good example is like on Mac Stories. You know, you you and the team, and, and Federico, I guess, especially, will, will review the, these apps that are like very very in-depth and you know maybe it's it's kind of a niche market if you really think about the ios market as a whole um you know with advanced stuff with you know like workflows and shortcuts and things like that like these aren't necessarily what i would consider a mainstream app you know the general member right. of the public's not going to download these kind of apps well that kind of ed- editorial is not necessarily going to be in the app store because that's just not that's not what they're looking for on that front page so to say that the, the editorial kind of replaces all of that kind of stuff just just really doesn't cut it with me yeah and i i kind of don't really buy it either i mean look I, I i agree with you i think app store editorial does an excellent job they do a very different 
it's just a different approach than anything like Mac stories where we're, you know, probably we're a lot more in depth than anything you find on, on the app store. But, you know, I had, I have heard, I mean, it's always very third person uh, through the grapevine that there were big sites and big social networks using affiliate links and advertisements here and there and that they were generating extraordinary amounts of of revenue that way or you know way outsized for what the the programmers really intended and perhaps that's that's what they were trying to fix by getting rid of it but but there are better ways to do that you know you could do a tiered thing you could say oh you can only you know you'll get seven percent but you'll get seven percent for like your first ten thousand dollars and then beyond that it's five and then at another level it's four you know you could do it so that there's not an incentive for those super big players to try to get millions of clicks because they're only going to get like half a percent once they get beyond $50,000 or something. And that would preserve the smaller sites revenue streams. Um, but I suppose eh, there might've been ways to game that too. Who knows? It, it's one of those things that's, you know, because it's Apple, you'll never really know what was going on there. Um, who knows? Yeah. Maybe we'll find out in a book in, 25 years when yeah, somebody will be maybe, writing some maybe, kind of story and that's you know that's the other thing is that it's affiliate linking and it really is when it really is a little bit of navel gazing because it really is like a very small community of people when you really think about it that use this um that doesn't make it any less bad the way it was handled but you know the the righteous indignation over this pretty much fizzled out within about 36 hours <laughs> so I think Apple's going to weather this storm is what I what I have to say. And I, I, I'll tell you, though, it left a bad taste in my mouth. I'm not happy about it. Um, I don't really, you know, I'm beyond it now. I don't really care as much as I did a few days ago. But uh, but I just don't like the way it was handled. And it, it, it bothers me to see. I, it feels to me super sh- short-sighted, too. It just feels like you're burning, Apple's burning bridges with some of the people that have helped make the store what it is today and you know for for taking away what really has become kind of chump change but it's but the thing is is it's just enough where it hurts right i mean i i'll be fine like i said but you know it's not it's not insignificant amount of money either it's not it's not like you know saying oh i'm gonna take twenty dollars from you john it's over the course of a year it's a decent amount of money it's just that it's uh it's not, you know, put you in the poorhouse money. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, if you could uh, quietly slip me a copy of the uh, the Mac app, that'd be great. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what the thing? You know what's cr- the thing about it too is uh, the current beta version that I only had sent out to a few people before all this hit has a kill switch in it, and the kill switch hits next week. So pretty soon, everybody already has it too. It's not going to work for them either. Um, got to gotta get a version that doesn't have a kill switch in it and get that ready. Yeah. Well, yeah, it sucks. Um, you know, I, I feel bad for you and, and you know, Owen as well because, you know, yep. you both worked pretty hard on this. Um, yeah, but- it was it was pretty funny to go in and, and things and just tick off. Here's like 16 items I don't have to do now. Delete. <laughs> Yeah, just just take off that entire project. That's done. <laughs> the entire the entire marketing of the app was just blown away in one evening. Oh well, um, yeah. Well, here we are. Um, you know, as you say, you'll still be fine, which is good. You know, I think that was 
that was my initial reaction was oh you know that kind of sucks and everything but um should we should we move on to something a little bit happier we should we absolutely should so uh the we finally seen i don't know if you've watched this but the the red dead 2 gameplay trailer um, i didn't first... i don't yeah i don't know why i didn't watch it i think maybe i didn't want to be spoiled but i do want to hear about it yeah i mean we it was at four o'clock yesterday everyone in the office just stopped or, or you know most, most of us we just stopped to watch this for for five minutes um so this is the first of two possibly three they've said they said there's definitely another one coming okay. um so this one kind of yeah, in the same way they did uh the grand theft auto 5 gameplay stuff it kind of explains when the game is set and kind of goes through sort of the the basic mechanics of the game so it kind of shows the the camp where your your gang's going to be um shows a little bit of the combat and walking around with horses and and some of the wildlife and stuff and um and and just watching the video like the just everything looks beautiful um you know and they they say that everything that's in the gameplay trailer is has been recorded directly from a a console um, okay. I assume either a PS4 Pro or a, an Xbox One X, right. um, but it, yeah, it, it looks amazing, and I'm you know I'm even more excited to play it now. Yeah, I I'm excited to play it too. That and Spider Man are the two that are really gotten me excited. I I really still want that PS4 Pro. Have you seen that they're doing a 500 millionth anniversary issue? I mean, I don't know. That's not the right word. I mean. They, I, uh, PlayStation has sold 500 million units over the course of the history, going all the way back to the PS1. And so they just announced, I think yesterday, a special version that's like translucent blue with gold trim and stuff. Did you did you see that? Oh my god, I want it so much. I was looking. <laughs> the first thing I did, I go to my bank account and I'm looking at my spreadsheets and I'm thinking, I really, really cannot justify buying this, but I really, really want it because. Honestly, this is what I want. I want more translucent technology. Um, you know, I w- I want stuff like the original IMAX with the with the bar, you know, the the translucent back, PlayStation anything. And I, I just want more translucency. And and this console looks incredible. So, speaking of translucency, I guess it was 2 weekends ago I went to Detroit and saw Stephen Hackett's IMAX. His G3s are on display at the Henry Ford Museum in Detroit. You did. I think I think you'd been just before we recorded the last episode. That's what I couldn't remember if we'd seen it. So I went and saw them. And so, you know, I kind of agree with you that translucency is a thing that I'd like to see in more technology. I'd like to see him make a comeback. I mean, it was, it was cool because that was the whole exhibit that his IMAX were in. It wasn't just mm. about his IMAX. It was about translucency in technology and i guess you know the the clear plastics that enabled that that came out of world war ii yeah i I like this this we'll link it in the uh show notes as well but this is a very very nice looking console Um, i really don't want the spider-man one i I think that's kind of ugly um this is a there's a spider-man ps4 pro yep um i like the controller i like the controller on that one I do yeah, the like controller's the... pretty nice, but I, I don't like it. It's just got the big kind of Spider-Man logo on the top of it. I don't really like that. Um, yeah. But again, I'm not sure I can justify getting a PS4 Pro. I think my you know, my original PS4 will be fine. Um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm coming down to, because part of my calculus is I, th- I don't have a 4K TV. So, I mean, am I going to buy a TV and a PS4 Pro? I mean, that gets exp- that gets pretty expensive very quickly. <laughs> and, and I've already... It, 
it's not like I have a broken TV in the house. I mean, I'd have to get rid of one of these TVs and I don't know what I'd do with it. And yeah, it just becomes kind of a, a problem. You know what? I, I should have, I know I didn't mention this last time, but I should have mentioned we were at the Henry Ford Museum. Have you ever heard that story about the E.T. Atari video games that were buried in a landfill in New Mexico? Yeah, I, I've heard about this because they, they dug them up a few years back, right? They did, and they had some of the stuff they dug up at this museum. It was pretty cool. Wow. Yeah, that's kind of crushed cool. cart these crushed cartridges surrounded by dirt, and they had them they had them there. It was it was just kind of neat. I mean, I was you'd have to have a really good and, and we met the curator who's the uh, the technology curator there, and she does an amazing job. She showed us like there's a, there was a guy at MIT who hacked the Xbox, the original Xbox. Mm-hmm. So, so that he could crack games and do other stuff and turned it into like basically a PC. And she has his original hacked Xbox. And she's really, I think, well tuned into what what aspects of technology over the years are kind of pivotal and important and but but also kind of not the sort of thing that you would necessarily know about from the mainstream and it was it was really interesting to talk to her because that's her job is to just kind of like find these artifacts of the last, you know, several decades, and and put them on display at the museum. Yeah, that's that's that sounds. I mean, one that sounds like a really cool job. Um, and 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 yeah, two to kind of be that in tune to kind of know that you want to get like that Xbox, for example, which in general kind of it just feels kind of inconsequential. Like, yeah, he did a cool thing with it, but you'd have to be really switched on to know that that's like an important sort of artifact right. to keep in, in the kind of collection that they've got. Right, and then to make it to make it relevant and put it in context for people, it's not just the Xbox, which is kind of opened up and has all these, you know, special parts soldered on to the the motherboard and things like that. But she had all these magazines and newspaper articles and other things. Oh, and the, like all the legal documents when Microsoft sued this kid who was a student at MIT. Of all, course, you know, all all of this stuff. Uh, together, so that you could kind of tell the story of what it was, what this Xbox was all about. It was really cool, uh, and it's that is not on display yet. It was literally just sitting on a chair in her office. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that does sound cool. So um, yeah, the one thing about Red Dead um, is I have to wait till January to play it. Um, Why? Because it's being bought for me as a gift for my birthday. <laughs> um, partially because I wanted the the super deluxe edition with all oh, the kind of yes. extra content and the steelbook and stuff like that it comes with a horse it comes with a horse doesn't it oh i wish that would be cool <laughs> uh, <laughs> um and, and and with spider-man coming out in less than a month now um, yeah i'm already buying the collector's edition of that with the statue and everything um and i kind of just couldn't justify both so jess kind of said look, look i'll buy it for you but you've got to wait till january and i thought well that should be fine, to be honest, because Spider Man's probably going to keep me going for a few months anyway. Yeah, well, yeah, well, you know, there's. Have you played anything new on Switch? There's some interesting stuff coming out on Switch, like mostly smaller games. But Overcooked Two is out, which has online multiplayer, which I thought might be fun to try sometime. And oh, I didn't realize it had online. Yeah, it came out like two or three days ago, and mm-hmm. yeah, it does have. And I haven't, I haven't bought it yet. I haven't tried the online yet, so I'm not exactly sure how the matchmaking works or anything, but. I think you can play with friends, you know, people who's who you have, you know, their their Nintendo code or whatever. But um, minute came out, I think, yesterday too. 
A what? I didn't know this. Yeah, yeah, a minute, which is, it's been on Steam for a while. Mm. Yeah, I think we spoke about it yeah, a few, this few is, months back, I think. Yeah, yes, it's it's uh, you. It's a RPG where you die every 60 seconds, but your progress is saved, so you're kind of pushing your way through this world 60 seconds at a time, and it's just gotten rave reviews from a lot of people, and I had been thinking about getting it for the Mac on Steam, but then when I heard it was coming on Switch, I waited, and so I'm going to... This weekend, I'm going to play it on on the Switch. Yeah, I'm just going to have a look right now. Nintendo's like website is so or... bad. No, <laughs> you actually go into the website. Yeah, I'm trying to. I've clicked the. I've clicked a link from Nintendo Life from their review. Go to Devolver. I think yeah, the the uh, the publisher is Devolver. Devolver Digital, I think it's called. That's all right. I think I've got it now. But th- this kind of happens every time. So I I click a link, and because it sends you to the US eShop, uh-huh. it pops up and it says, oh, you're in the wrong region. So I, I click United Kingdom, and then it just sends you to the Nintendo homepage. Um, it, it's really infuriating. Um, it is $8.99 in the UK, so that's not too bad. So I'll probably yeah. pick that up. Yeah, no, that, that looks like a fun game. It's yeah, I've, I've still been playing uh, I can't remember if I mentioned this, but I bought uh, Toad Treasure Tracker. Oh, yeah, Switch. yeah. It's a lot um, of fun. Have you played much? Yeah, I think I've done, I've done like the first, the first book, um, and then I tried a little bit of the the super, the Super Mario Odyssey levels because uh, you mm-hmm. can unlock those with the, the wedding amiibo, um, that we both got for Mario Odyssey. You know the the Bowser and stuff like that. If you pop one of those on the amiibo thing, it will unlock the Super Mario Odyssey levels early. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I'll have to try that. I I'm not th- through the first book yet. I was playing actually a little bit last night. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I like. It's kind of my speed, to be honest. I mean, I'm not much of a gamer, so <laughs> I, I enjoy video games. But but just wandering around, slowly exploring it as a toad, as a toadstool. You know, it's it's the it's the thing for me, I guess. Yeah, it's it's kind of nice. The only thing I have a problem with is the motion controls. I, I assume you've been playing in handheld, right? Uh, no, actually, I've been playing on TV. Oh, I know it's I terrible. Appreciate that, I appreciate that it's come from the Wii U. Right. Um, and I guess I'm a little bit more attuned to this than some people because I've, I've got a wrist issue, sort of right. permanent injury that I can't, I can't really do motion controls for extended periods of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so using that motion control to like move or is essentially a cursor around the screen is, is kind of no good for me. So I have to play it in handheld, which is kind of annoying because I'm... I'm sat on the sofa in front of my nice TV and I can't use it. I think overall, I think even though I do play on the TV a fair amount, I do think the Switch is better handheld. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. Um, it, too many, too many games. I think that, like for instance, the text is so tiny on the screen. Even if you have a big screen TV, it's a little hard to read sometimes. Like Zelda is, you know, a big offender of this. I think that wasn't originally developed for the Switch, so it doesn't the text just doesn't work in a lot of situations on a TV if you're sitting far away. I think it works a lot better when you've got it, you know, down in your lap close up. Yeah, I mean the Switch is is still like, I mean they're doing so well. It's it's such an amazing console that it that, you know, there's a lot of things to complain about, but in terms of doing the core thing which is having decent games for it and playing games on it like to be able to do handheld and at home 
you know, there's loads of games coming out for it. There's third party support. I mean, it's just amazing that Nintendo have come back from the Wii U, which was just really bad. Yeah, well, and you know what? We're at that point, which I I always hope you get to on any given console that you buy, which is there are more game there are more games available than I can reasonably buy. Yeah, or or more games that I want than I can reason reasonably buy. It's it's you know there's just a, a wealth of riches. You can find anything you want, and there's always more that you want. And that's not always been true with Nintendo's consoles. No, it really hasn't. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I, it, when they announced it, I wasn't even that bothered. Um, I think I, I even tweeted Mike something like, "I Nintendo don't care." Um, like I, I was, I was really just like, "Oh, who cares? It's Nintendo." Like I, I'd kind of written them off, but I think that's a mistake. Uh, never write Nintendo off because they're no. still going after all this time. And they're really, I mean, they're really good at squeezing money out of people <laughs> because they keep coming out with these new versions of the 3GS that make me want to buy them or the or the two. What I, I always screw up their naming. The, the, the naming 2DS. Is so messed up. The 2DS. The 3GS is a phone. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. I, I'm sitting here. I was just telling Rob before we started, I've got like five iOS devices on my desk for various reasons that I won't explain. And so I've had a little bit of iOS on the brain today. But... But yeah, the 2DS has, uh, you know, there's that one that looks like the Super Nintendo. Yeah. There's the one I also, I, I like a bunch of them. There's the, the Pikachu one. There's the, I think it's blue and orangish one. There's a bunch of really interesting ones. Yeah, I still haven't pulled the trigger on a, a 2DS. I, I mean, the thing is, they've sold millions of them. If at some point I decide to get one, there's plenty of them going around. Yeah, the, the, there's really no reason to get it either because it's it's really there's no, there's no advantage to it really. I don't think it's a little thin. No, I guess. yeah. I mean, obviously, there's a few games that are on there that aren't anywhere else. Um, like the 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 3ds is still the best place to play a decent version of Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask because um, your your choices are either the N64 or a 2ds. Whereas, of course, like the the two slash 3ds version. Right is upgraded and a lot better, but you know I'm not going to pay 100, 200 pound or whatever just to play those two games. Uh, did you see that the online service from Nintendo has been pushed to the end of September? Yes, I did see this. <laughs> it's it's very Apple style. It's like, well, it's coming in September, probably September 30th. Uh yeah, it's whatever. I mean, this is this is one of the things I'm saying. Like, you know, there are complaints to be had, but. Right now, I'm still pretty happy with it. So. Yeah, it's not that far off either. I mean, look, that's that's like what one month and three weeks, and the thirtieth is a Sunday, so I'm ho- I'm hoping we actually see it on the twenty uh, eighth. <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to be playing Spider Man anyway, so I, I won't be caring about the Nintendo Switch online for a few weeks. Yeah, I know. I think I'll be doing the same. I think that'll that'll definitely be uh, be w- what's happening in the fall around here. Cool. Well, uh, I think I think that'll probably do us for this week. All right, sounds um, good. There's a couple of bits in the notes, but we can we can save those for next week or or whatever. So, um, show notes are at roommate podcast slash. I know it this week. It's sixty nine this week. Oh, so, there you uh, go. Nice. Um, yeah, show notes will be there. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. We're inching ever closer to the September Apple event, which will be which will be fun. I'm sure. Um, yeah, oh, and we'll be back in a couple of weeks. All right, talk to you later, Rob.